You are now listening to the Bayshore Community Church Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God, connect to people, and to serve the community. Thank you for joining us today and wherever you are listening. We hope that this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Our prayer is that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everybody. I'm going to welcome everybody that's here in our auditorium. We have such a great crowd here today, and we want to welcome everybody that's watching online right now. We have people uh, all through our community uh, that are watching, hundreds of people that are watching right now. We're so grateful that you're a part of this uh, online experience today, so thank you so much. And also, we want to give a big shout-out to our Fenwick Island campus today. We love our Fenwick Island campus. So let's give our Fenwick Island campus a big welcome. Love you guys, and Happy New Year to everybody. And our Rehoboth campus is meeting right now as well. So we're just so grateful for uh, what the Lord's doing through Bay Shore as we start a new year. And Happy New Year. I wasn't here last Sunday, so Happy New Year to everybody. So today we're starting a new series called Do the Opposite. And this series is about, you know, maybe last year we did some things that uh, were just off a little bit. And, you know, sometimes when we do things, we need to tweak them a little bit. But then sometimes there are some things in our life that are so off that we just need to do the complete opposite. So we're going to be talking in this series about how we need to do the opposite of what we did last year. The opposite of what we did last year. And uh, I don't know if you were a Seinfeld fan. Uh, Karen and I watch uh, Seinfeld episodes every day, you know, when we go to bed at night. And, uh, you know, I don't agree with all the values on Seinfeld, but I sure enjoy the humor. And uh, there's, a, there's a one particular uh, episode of Seinfeld, and it is the episode where George Costanza decides that he's going to do the opposite. The opposite of everything he's been doing. And uh, it's a really interesting thing. He feels like he's a loser. He's not doing well. He's failing. And so George Costanza decides, I'm going to do the opposite of what I've always done. And there's a scene in the, uh, in the cafe where they have a lot of these scenes there on Seinfeld. And Jerry says to George, if every instinct you have is wrong, then the opposite would have to be right. If every instinct you have is wrong, then the opposite would have to be right. And then George Costanza, played by Jason Alexander, says, Yes, I will do the opposite. I used to sit here and do nothing and regret it for the rest of the day, so now I will do the opposite and I will do something. So in this series, we're going to talk about doing the opposite. Doing the opposite of what we have been doing. And today we want to talk about this particular area where I think we need to do the opposite of this year. And that is the area of worry and anxiety. Worry and anxiety. And what is the opposite of worry and anxiety? You know, there's a, there's a direct opposite to worrying and anxiety. And by the way, when we say worry, there's a lot of synonyms that work with that. Fear, uh, anxiety, worry, Stress, that is, that is something that we are all struggling with right now. So we're going to talk about doing the opposite of that. What is the opposite this year? If last year we got anxious, we were worrying, we were stressed, we were full of fear, what is the opposite of that this year? The opposite of that this year is we are going to trust and have confidence in the Lord taking care of us. So every time we begin to think about worrying and being anxious and being stressed out and, and fearful of all the things that are 
facing us, instead of getting into that downward spiral of that way of thinking, the opposite of that is turning to the Lord and trusting him for his care for you and taking care of you. Now, one of the things that I believe, and you're probably aware of, that people in America are more stressed and more worried now than they've ever been before. People are filled with worry. In fact, there's a number of studies that came out uh, just recently. According to the Very Well Minds, this is a study by Very Well Minds, latest mental health tracker, 40% of Americans say they have worried about the future multiple times a week in the last month. So according to this study, people aren't just worrying like once a while and once in a while. They're worrying multiple times every week worrying about things and stressed about things and they're struggling with that. What's really interesting to me is the most stressed and the most worried group in America, people that are worried and the most anxious right now are the millennials, the people that are younger. Uh, Millennials were born between 1981 and 1994, 95, something like that. That group, 40% of millennials are very, very worried about the future. Now, I would think that it would be older people that would be primarily worried. But it's the people that are younger that are struggling. And they look at their prospects for the future. They look at, you know, are they ever going to be able to afford a house? Are they ever going to be able to get their college loans paid off? Are they ever going to be able to save any money? Are they ever going to be able to retire? When they look at the future, millennials are particularly filled with anxiety and stress, and they're really struggling. People that are baby boomers, like myself, baby boomers, I'm a baby boomer, and uh, and our age group is particularly worried about stability of the government, stability of the government. Are things going to be okay politically? Then we've got, of course, of course we are concerned about covid COVID is a big thing on everybody's mind. And not simply for ourselves getting COVID, but we're worried about our loved ones getting COVID. We're worried about our parents getting COVID. We're worried about people that we love getting COVID. My dad, I worry about him. I think about him and his situation. This week, I had a number of conversations with people about COVID. And I had uh, some uh, really, really interesting conversations, particularly with one particular daughter was very, very concerned for her mother that was in ICU, and we prayed for her and sought the Lord for her. And just to give you a little insight on that prayer, we prayed and sought the Lord, and as we sought the Lord and prayed, her mother had a major turnaround by the next morning. And God does hear our prayers, and so we were praying for that, and so glad to see that. My college friend, who I went to college with from Lewistown, Pennsylvania, one of my best friends in life, got COVID this last week, and I talked to him, and he had 106 temperature, and as I talked to him, I said to uh, my friend Mike, I said, well, listen, we're going to just be praying, and here's what we're praying. We're praying by the next morning, by tomorrow morning, you're going to sweat out this fever, and you're going to feel a lot better, and by the next morning, he had a 98-degree temperature, and it had a major improvement in his condition. Now, it doesn't always work out that way, but we need to cast our care upon the Lord because he cares for us. And people are struggling and worried about lots of things. And people are just really struggling with all kinds of things that they're stressed about and anxious about. So the opposite this year, the opposite this year of being anxious and worrying and listening to the news and we should stay informed and all that's important, but we take all that in 
and we become extremely anxious about things. And the opposite of anxiety is trusting and having confidence in the Lord taking care of you. God loves you. God cares about you and he wants to take care of you and he wants to take care of me. So I guess the first thing we need to say about this is, Pastor Danny, the big question is, is it possible to really have peace and to be free of anxiety in the world we're living in? Because we've got all of these things happening all the time. So is it really realistic? Is it realistic for us to have peace in the midst of conflict and all the chaos that's going on right now. And I think that's the big question we have to really think about because sometimes I think we think, well, you know, this works in church, it works in a sermon, but will this really work in life? Let me give you an example in the, in the New Testament about God giving peace in the midst of really, really stressful situations. It's in Acts chapter 12. We have this story about the apostle Peter. And uh, there is this situation where he's in jail. And not only is he in jail, but he's facing execution the next day. And it says in Acts chapter 12, verse 1 through 7, it was about that time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. This is the first apostle in the New Testament, the first original apostles, the 12 apostles that was martyred for the faith, and that's James, the son of Zebedee, the fisherman. He was put to death. And then it says, when he saw, speaking of Herod, when he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries stood at the guard at the entrance. Suddenly the angel of the Lord appeared, and the light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off Peter's wrist. So let's get the picture here. The picture is this, is, this is a time to be anxious in the natural. James has been killed with a sword. And when Herod, this is Herod Agrippa I, when Herod Agrippa saw that this pleased the Jews, he seized Peter. So what we know from the context of the story is if it pleased the Jews that James was killed with a sword, and now he incarcerated Peter. What were the intentions of Herod? Herod's intention was he was going to execute Peter as well. So the night before, the night before he's about to be executed, the night before he's going to be publicly tried in front of all the Jewish people in Jerusalem and probably going to be beheaded for his faith, the night before he is sleeping in his cell. And I just want to enter into some way in my life, I want to be able to enter into a way that I can sleep in the midst of chaos and trial and stress. And we see a picture here of God's supernatural ability to give Peter the, the peace that he needed in the face of the conflict that he was facing. So I'm here to tell you that there is the possibility, there is the promise in Scripture that God can give you supernatural peace in the midst of anxiety. 
And so this is a great picture of that. We also see in the book of, uh, in the book of uh, John where, uh, where it says that God had promised Peter, when he gave Peter sort of a, some instruction about his future, he said, when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you. So maybe Peter remembers the word of the Lord to him. He remembers that Jesus spoke to him and said, you know, you're going to be an old man one day. And, and so here Peter is, he's in jail, he's not an old man yet, and he remembers that word from the Lord, that word that, you know, John is going to do this, but you're going to be this, and one day you're going to be an old man, and you'll be led into captivity as an old man. So Peter has this understanding that God has a plan for his life, and this is not going to be the end of his life. And then we see this great scripture in Psalm 127 too. I'm going to have you say it with me in a minute. In vain you rise up early and stay up light, tooling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. He grants sleep to those he loves. Say it with me. For he grants sleep to those he loves. So God can give us sleep. He can give us rest. He can give us peace even when things around us are filled with anxiety and we have all these stressful scenarios that we're going through and thinking about, God can give us incredible peace because he loves you. The Bible says that perfect love, in the book of 1 John chapter 4, perfect love casts out fear. So fear comes from this lack of understanding of how much God loves us and cares about us. God loves us and cares about us. This week, I was, when I was doing some research, I was uh, working at my computer at home, and I could see out my window from my office, I could see my neighbors, and it, the snow was on the ground, and they had a four-wheeler, and they had a sled hooked up to the four-wheeler, and they were pulling their little grandson uh, on, the, on the sled. And the granddad was sitting on the sled, and he had the, had the uh, little grandson that may be three years old that was sitting in front of him in his lap and they're pulling him real slow around the yard and then they finally stopped and the little boy wanted to get off of the uh, off the sled and so the grandfather picked up the little grandson and set him in front of the sled but he set him in front too quickly and the little grandson just fell on his face in the snow and the grandmother who was in the front yard saw that ran like she was in the Olympics <laughs> to get that little boy and pick him up and get him out of the snow and I can tell you that granddad was in some serious trouble. I know he was in trouble. But that grandmother loved that little boy so much that she was quick there to rescue him. And when we need to think about the Lord, we need to think about the Lord loves us. Perfect love cast out fear. Say it with me. Perfect love cast out fear. When you have an imperfect understanding, when I have an imperfect understanding of how much God loves me, then that produces fear and anxiety in my life. Every time I'm anxious, every time I'm fearful, every time I'm worried about the future, every time I'm worried about what's going to happen next, every time I think about what could happen to me, when every time I think about all these scenarios, how am I going to face life if I lose my loved one or whatever, how am I going to get through this? Every time I'm filled with fear and anxiety, it's a deficiency in my understanding of how much God loves me. Perfect love casts out fear. So we need to understand how much God loves us. So we can go through life. One of the things we could do is we could, in order to handle anxiety this year, we could do it this way. We could try to avoid, try to avoid uh, all 
anxious situations and all situations that threaten us. You know, that's one of the things I think a lot of people are doing. This is something that's happened in the COVID era. In the COVID era, we've gotten in the mindset of keeping ourselves safe as we can. And by the way, we need to be smart and wise and wear a mask if you feel like that's what you need to do. Be as wise as you need to be. But we are living in a world of fear where we're thinking that the way we're going to deal with our fear is to avoid everything. And let me just tell you something. In order to overcome fear, sometimes the worst thing you do is avoid fear, the things that stress you, because the more you avoid the things that you're afraid of, the bigger those things become in your mind. The more you avoid what you're scared of, the bigger those things get. I recently took a, a seminar. I, I listened to Henry Cloud every day. Uh, he's a Christian psychologist. And so every day I get a little thought for the day from uh, Henry Cloud, and I follow him on boundaries.com. And uh, I take some of the seminars. I, I learned a lot from Henry Cloud. And he recently offered this seminar on anxiety, how to deal with anxiety, two-hour seminar. So I signed up for the seminar, paid for the seminar, and I signed up for it because I have had in my life a tendency to struggle with anxiety. So I watched that, that seminar. And as I watched that seminar, uh, you know, it was really good, lots of good things. But here's the bottom line. The bottom line of the two-hour seminar was that you, and one of the treatments for anxiety and things you're afraid of is you have to step into what you're afraid of. You have to step into that thing that you're fearful of. If you're fearful of flying airplanes, uh, being on an airplane, the longer you stay away from an airplane, the bigger your fear is going to become. You've got to embrace your fear. You've got to get on the airplane. You've got to process that, and you've got to learn to get through that. And I've discovered that that's exactly true. So we could go through this year dealing with fear this way. We could stick our head in the sand like an ostrich, being fearful and trying to avoid all the things we're afraid of. Or, or we could live our lives, live our lives as smart as we can, as wise as we can, and be prudent and smart and all that, but at the end of the day, to not quit living but to move into life and ask the Lord to take care of us in the midst of that so I want you to just say this with me perfect love cast out fear and I want you to say this lift your hands right now just say this Lord you love me you care about me and you're going to help me with my anxiety this year so that's an important part now here is what anxiety is and fear is here's how here's how it works anxiety and fear is imagining some scenario some situation in your future where you face that scenario or you face that situation by yourself uh, fear and anxiety is rooted in solo mentality that I've got something I dread, maybe losing a loved one. There's, I know I think about losing my dad sometimes, uh, my last parent. I think about what that's going to be like when that happens. And, and you, imagine, you imagine a situation in the future and you see yourself facing that alone. 
And how you learn to deal with anxiety biblically is that you understand that whatever scenario you face, whatever challenge you face in the future, you don't face that challenge alone. You don't face that anxiety alone. But the Lord is with you in the midst of that. So every time I'm afraid, every time I'm anxious, every time I'm filled with fear, it's because I'm seeing something that I don't want to do or I don't want to face, and I see myself facing that alone. And that's what the Bible does. The Bible constantly underscores this idea that here's the antidote for Scripture. The antidote for Scripture, the antidote for fear in Scripture is God's presence. Let me give you a basic Scripture to to underscore this. Isaiah 41.10. You'll see this over and over again in Scripture. Isaiah 41.10 says this, So do not fear. We could say, so don't be anxious. So do not fear. So do not worry. How? For I am with you. For do not fear, for I am with you. Fear is based on seeing something I'm facing and God not being with me, me doing it by myself. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Then it says in, how about this one? You know this one, Psalm 23, 4. Even though I walk through the valley uh, through the darkest valley. Now, the old versions say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and that could be you walking through facing death yourself, or it could be you walking through losing someone that you love, uh, or the actual Hebrew says, when I walk through a dark place, even though I walk through a dark valley, I will fear, I will fear no evil. Why? Why? For you are with me. For you are with me. So the antidote for fear is seeing yourself in a situation that you dread, but seeing the Lord with you in that. So I'm fearful because I'm seeing something I have to face and I don't see God with me. And so I want to help all of us this year, whatever you're facing, whatever you're seeing, whatever you're going through, whatever you're going to face this year, there's going to be some challenges. It's going to be a great year. It's going to be a wonderful year. But there's going to be some challenges. And every time you face a challenge, I want you, as you go into that challenge, I want you to see that the Lord is with you. He's with you. Just take your hand right now and put it on your heart right now. And I want you to just say this with me. Lord, you are with me this year regardless of what I face. One more time, Lord, you are with me this year regardless of what I face. Anxiety is rooted in me facing something, envisioning the future without God being with me as I face that. So that's an important thing. Here's a great a great. Uh, Great story here in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 17. Paul was in Rome, 64 AD. Uh, there was a crazy, I could tell you the history of that whole thing. There was a fire in Rome that the people were blaming Nero for, and he instead blamed the Christians for it. And Paul and Peter and all the apostles and all the Christians in Rome were being persecuted. And Paul was incarcerated in Rome, and he's facing possible execution, and he had to go to his first trial. 
He had to go to his first trial, and he lists in 2 Timothy chapter 4 all the people that left him. Demas had left him, uh, different people, Tychus, different people. Some people had left for good reasons, some people left for bad reasons, but Paul found himself by himself, and he had to go to trial by himself for the first time. And he's going to a Roman trial by himself. And here's what he says. He says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, 17, But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. So that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might, might, might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. But the Lord stood at my side. So sometimes when you are thinking about the future, the real issue is you're not seeing God with you. God being with you. So the antidote in scripture is always uh, an awareness, a consciousness of God's presence being with you, presence being with you, and I just feel like the Holy Spirit is just saying right now: there are some people that this year you're going to become more aware, more tuned in to the presence of God than you've ever been. That God's presence is going to be with you in the midst of challenges, in the midst of uncertainty. The Lord is going to be with you, and you're going to tell yourself over and over again: I, I don't want to do this. I've got to do on Tuesday. I don't want to do this. I've got to do next month. I don't want to face what I've got to face. But when you face it, when you come to that moment the Lord's grace is going to be with you his presence is going to be with you fear not why because I am with you the Lord is with you so sometimes you know when you think about the future you don't you know sense that God's with you now there's two times that God is with you you may want to write this down there's two times that God is with you God is with you when you sense he's with you and he's with you when you don't sense he's with you God is with you when you feel he's with you, and he's with you when you don't feel he's with you. He says to Joshua, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So when you think about, uh, you think about the things that you're going to face, that you're going to go through this year, sometimes when you think about the future, when you think about things that could happen in 2022, and you're having an anxiety and fear and apprehension about that, you're saying, well, you know, I don't sense God's grace right now for that which I'm, you know, could face this year. Now, here's the thing about God's grace and God's strength. God never gives you his grace or strength for something until the moment that you need it. God never gives you his grace or his strength to you until the moment that you need it. When you're living in non-existent time in the future, you project yourself into the future, you don't feel strength for that moment because it hasn't happened yet. It's only when you are in that moment that God gives you strength. Now, a few weeks ago, I went to see uh, a Packers game. I left here on uh, Sunday after church and went to see the Packers play the Ravens. And uh, the Packers, you know, beat the Ravens like a rag dog playing with a rag. It was a wonderful game. Uh, But I had these wonderful seats. And here's my seats. You know, I had this great, this is my view. Uh, I had a great view on my, uh, where I was in the end zone there. Maybe we don't have a picture of that. Oh, yeah, there's my view right there. That's where I, what I could see. And the Packers are about ready to score here again. And the Ravens fans behind me were weeping and lamenting. And uh, the Packers are about ready to score. At the end of the first uh, quarter, uh, the guy in front of me went and got a souvenir. Here's what he got. This is his souvenir that he got. So anyhow, that was a little bit of a problem. <laughs> want to pull that off his head, you know what I mean? So like, what the world are you thinking, man? But anyhow, <laughs> the thing about the game was, it was uh, the first time I'd used StubHub 
And I, I'm, of the, I'm of the generation, I, I just have to admit it, I'm of the generation where uh, I like a paper ticket. I like a ticket in my hand, and I didn't have one of those. So I got my little, my, my phone there, and I got the StubHub app, and it's got a barcode there. And I'm standing in line with all the Raven fans and a few Packers fans and thousands of people trying to get in the stadium. And I got, my, I got my app open, and when I got my app open, I'm just, you know, just hoping, hoping, and it's going to work. And when I finally got to the, the ticket style thing there and, and got to scan my little barcode, it just gave me, you know, everything was good. I was in the stadium. And, you know, you, God gives you a barcode. He gives you strength for the moment that you need it. I didn't need that barcode. I didn't need the StubHub thing on the way up there, the two-hour drive up there. I didn't need it. I only needed it at that moment, and God only gives you grace and strength for the moment that you need it. So if you're thinking, I don't know if I've got the strength. I don't know if I've got the capacity. I don't know if I have everything that I need. God will give you the strength that you need when you need it. And this year, I just want you to know that every, instead of, instead of anxiety, instead of worry, instead of fear, let's do the opposite this year. Instead of being filled with fear and anxiety, let's do the complete opposite. What is the complete opposite of anxiety and fear? It's trusting in the Lord to take care of us in the midst of the challenges that we face. I read the story about the, uh, the man that his wife died and uh, he was distraught. He had a little girl, of course, and of course the little girl had lost her mother and he had lost his wife and they were at the funeral and some of the relatives saw how distraught the husband was and they said, you know, why don't we take your daughter and give you a few days to grieve by yourself? And he said, no, we're going to face this together. And so that, that night he was tucking his little daughter in bed and turned the lights out and the little daughter cried out, Daddy, it's so dark, it's so dark. Uh, can I stay with you tonight? Can I sleep in your bed tonight? Of course, honey. So he picks her up and he puts her in his bed and he turns out the light and the little daughter says again, Daddy, Daddy, it's so dark. It's never been so dark. I'm so afraid. And then she says, Daddy, is your face turned toward me? Is your face turned toward me? If your face is turned toward me, Daddy, I can go to sleep. And he said, honey, my face is turned toward you. And then after the little girl went to sleep, that man began to cry. And he said, Lord, is your face turned toward me? Is your face turned toward me? And the Lord said, my face is turned toward you, my son. Regardless of what you're going through, God's face is turned toward you. He's with you. The antidote for fear is knowing that he's with you. Knowing that when you come to that moment, his grace is there with you. His strength is there with you. He's going to take care of you. And so this year, I know I'm going to be facing, I don't even know what I'm going to face this year. I don't know what I'm going to face in my ministry, in my personal life. I have no idea what I'm going to face. I don't even want to know. I don't want to know the future. How many are grateful that you can't know the future? I'm, I'm thankful for that. I don't want to know the future. But whatever I face this year, whatever I go through, I believe that he's going to be with me at that moment. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I am with you. Say it with me. I am with you.
The Lord wants you to know that in your heart of hearts that he's with you. Jesus talked to the folks in his day about worrying, don't worry, uh, you know, in, in the Sermon on the Mount. You know, it's interesting to me when I read uh, Matthew chapter 6 this week, I was reading about Jesus teaching on worry. And he said, basically, he said, uh, which is interesting to me is 2,000 years ago, when Jesus told the Sermon on the Mount, he was talking to people 2,000 years ago that struggled with worry and anxiety. Anxiety and worry is nothing new. And so in Jesus' day, people were struggling. They were struggling with basic food stuff. You know, they didn't have any restaurants. They didn't have any refrigerators. Everything had to be, all the food had to be gathered day by day. And that's why Jesus taught those people to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Give us every day what we need. And he was teaching them about how to trust him and depend on him. And he says to them, he said, have you not seen the birds of the air? The birds of the air, they don't sow nor reap, and yet your heavenly Father takes care of them. And then he says this, are you not much more valuable than the birds of the air? You need to know, and I need to know, how valuable we are to the Lord, that we're very, very valuable to the Lord, that he loves us and he cares about us. Perfect love casts out fear. He's with us when we go through a difficulty. He's with us when we go through a challenge. He's with us when we go through stressful times. And if he's with us, then we don't have to be ruled by fear. You want to be responsible? You know, the birds of the air, God took care of the birds of the air, but the birds of the air, you know, they're flying around looking for food. They're doing their part. They're doing their thing. They're looking for seeds and all that. And I know when we had the big snowstorm the other day, you know, there wasn't a big pile of dead birds in my yard at the end of the day. I mean, they made it somehow. And you're going to make it too. You're going to make it too. There was a group of um, uh, tree trimmers from the, uh, in the town of uh, uh, Hamilton, Ontario in Canada that were cutting down limbs, and that was their job. There were certain limbs that were marked that he had to cut down, and they came to this one particular tree, and they were about ready to cut down this limb, and they saw in, on that limb, at the end of the limb, there was a, a bird nest, and they looked at in that bird nest, there were baby robins, and so they marked that limb and decided not to cut it down until later they would come back later when the birds had vacated the nest. And so they came back a f- few days later, a few weeks later, and uh, sure enough, the birds were gone. They cut down the limb, and they picked up the nest. And the nest, at the bottom of the nest, there were the, there's this little piece of paper, dirty and soiled, that the birds had used to build the foundation of their nest. And it said on that little piece of paper, maybe from a Sunday school circular or from a bulletin, it said, we will trust in the Lord our God. We will trust in the Lord of God. Now just lift your hands right now as we get ready to close this service. We want to pray for a spirit of faith and confidence to be in you this year. That you're not going to live in non-existent time fantasizing about the future, fantasizing about all the things that could go wrong and thinking about all the things that could happen to you or happen to your family and thinking about you facing that by yourself. But instead, you're going to see the Lord standing with you. Fear not, for I am with you. I'm your God. Father God, we just pray over our congregation. We pray over this church. We pray over the Fenwick Island campus right now. We pray over everybody online that's watching this morning. This is not going to be a year of stress and anxiety and and, and being completely distraught over the things that are happening around us. But Lord, we're going to be a people that's strong. We're going to be a bold people, a people that walk in peace, a people that, like Peter, can sleep in the cell the night before he faces a trial of execution. You're going to give us the capacity 
capacity, the supernatural capacity to live in confidence and peace and knowing that you're with us. This is going to be a great year, a year of peace and a year of victory. And we thank you for your mighty love. And say this with me, Lord God, I thank you regardless of what I face this year. You were with me. I will not fear, for you stand at my side. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bayshore Podcast. I want to encourage you to take this message you just received and allow it to go deep into your soul and let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thanks to everyone that gives generously to Bayshore. It's because of you that this ministry is possible, creating life change all over the world. You can be a part of spreading the message around the world by going to bayshore.online and clicking give. For all things Bayshore, visit bayshore.online to find out what your next step may be. You can subscribe right here and share this podcast with your friends and family. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.